Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It is Monday, February 28th. Now Charleston picks a handful of headlines three times a week and tells you why they're important. Congressman Jim Clyburn reacts to the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, even though she wasn't his first choice. State elections in South Carolina are likely to move ahead with new district boundaries, even as litigation continues that challenges the lines redrawn after the 2020 census, claiming the districts discriminate against black voters. More women chose to give birth at home during the pandemic, according to a new report. The flag of Ukraine flew over City Hall late last week, a show of support from the city of Charleston as Russian troops invaded. And Monero has an opening date on John's Island. It's never really too early to talk about those char-grilled wings. It's Monday. I'm willing to bet it's going to be the best day of your week yet. Those stories and more, starting now. South Carolina federal judge Michelle Childs will not be appointed to the Supreme Court as part of President Joe Biden's first nomination to the high court. Biden announced Friday that he'll nominate D.C. Circuit Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, replacing retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Childs was one of three finalists under consideration. Childs was the heavy favorite of South Carolina lawmakers. Congressman Jim Clyburn, who pushed Biden to commit to nominate the first black woman to the court, and U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham both lobbied for Childs. Aside from hailing from the Palmetto State, Childs was the only judge in the running who did not attend an Ivy League university, graduating from the University of South Florida and the University of South Carolina Law School. On Face the Nation Sunday, Clyburn said he was supportive of Judge Jackson, even though she wasn't his pick. Here's Clyburn. But in the final analysis, I think this was a good choice. Uh, It was a choice uh, that uh, brings onto the court a background and some experiences that nobody else on the court uh, will have. And I think when you look at not just uh, her uh, background and the uh, family life, but also her profession, she was a public defender. That adds a new perspective uh, to the court. And so uh, this is another step. For his part, Senator Graham tweeted, the Harvard-Yale train to the Supreme Court continues to run unabated. Nonetheless, Graham has already given Judge Jackson a favorable review in recent months as one of just two Republicans who voted to confirm her to the D.C. Circuit just last year. So digging into the significance here a little bit. Now, his preferred judge may not have been picked, but Congressman Jim Clyburn putting his foot down on this was key in Judge Jackson's nomination as potentially the first black woman on the Supreme Court. If you remember, it was in Charleston two years ago this week that Biden made the commitment during the debate at the Gilliard Center um, at Clyburn's urging. As Biden said at the time, it's long overdue. For Judge Childs, she may not have gotten the nod this time, but Childs is still in line for an appointment to the D.C. Circuit, one of the most important and influential courts in the country. Assuming she gets that post, Biden will also be in line to, to appoint her replacement on the federal bench here in South Carolina. So Childs didn't get the nomination to the high court, but there will still be some ripple effects in South Carolina regardless. You can find show notes and links to all this at nowcharleston.com. That's N-O-W-C-H-S.com. The 2022 midterm elections will likely continue in South Carolina as scheduled using newly adopted maps despite an ongoing lawsuit accusing Republican lawmakers of using race to draw the new district lines, effectively neutralizing or minimizing the voice of black voters in South Carolina. 
The NAACP is seeking more time, according to the state newspaper, to make its case in the challenge, where it will have to prove the maps intentionally discriminate against black voters. The case against the state election commission could settle in the next few weeks and force the districts to be redrawn a bit, but the NAACP is not seeking a resolution to the case in trial before the 2020 elections if they don't settle. This year's midterm elections, which are usually a tough outing for an incumbent president's party, would be the first round of elections under the new maps drawn after the 2020 census. So what's the big deal? The maps have drawn criticism for being racially gerrymandered or drawn in a way to include or exclude a certain voting group to increase chances of a desired election outcome. Dozens of state House districts and three congressional districts are among those being challenged. The first district, represented by U.S. Rep. Nancy Mace, would change slightly by adding more rural or suburban voters of Berkeley County, increasing the Republican concentration in the district that's gone Republican in all but one election since the early 1980s. The shifts, the lawsuit claims, concentrate black voters into one district, minimizing the impact of the democratic process, the small d democratic process, in an overall racially diverse area. The website 538 rates the new first district as favoring Republicans by 17 percentage points. The 5th District in South Carolina, the only represented by a Democrat in Congress, that's Clyburn's district, is rated by 538 as plus 25 for Democrats. Concentrated districts also affect primaries, including in the 1st District and the 7th District, which is anchored by the Myrtle Beach area. Both Mace and Congressman Tom Rice in the 7th District are facing primary challenges from more conservative candidates. Former President Donald Trump is scheduled to fly into Florence, South Carolina for an event supporting the challenger candidates, on March 12th. That's Katie Arrington in the 1st District and Russell Fry in the 7th District. Coincidentally, the federal case over the redistricting is before a three-judge panel. The presiding judge is Michelle Childs. The number of women opting to give birth at home spiked in South Carolina during the pandemic with increased hospital restrictions and risks of catching COVID-19, the Posting Courier reported over the weekend. Nationally, home births rose by about 22%. But in South Carolina, home births grew by 65% in the first year of the pandemic, the second highest increase in the nation. Despite some added risks for at-home births, the paper reported, the added pandemic rules and distrust of the healthcare system nudged many more expectant mothers toward home birth attended by a licensed midwife or a doula. While the number of home births did see significant increases in South Carolina, almost 99% of all births in the state are not home births, according to CDC numbers cited in the Posting Courier story. Even with the spike, just 577 out of 55,703 births in 2019 took place at home. Still, almost every state in the U.S. saw increases during the pandemic. So, it's something to watch. The city of Charleston raised the Ukrainian flag over City Hall Friday afternoon as the Russian military started its advance into the nation. In a statement, Charleston Mayor John Tecklenburg said the move was, quote, to recognize the extraordinary valor of the Ukrainian people as they fight for their democracy against a brutal Russian dictator. Tecklenburg continued, quote, We're proud to stand in solidarity with the brave men and women of Ukraine and hope Mr. Putin will heed the call from decent people the world over to immediately end this cruel and unjust war, unquote. As of Monday morning, reports said Ukrainian resistance forces had successfully slowed down some of the Russian military invasion, but the conflict remains far from over. Russian nuclear forces were ordered Sunday to go on high alert, a move reminiscent of Cold War saber-rattling, the New York Times noted. Locally on Friday, 
Ukraine supporters gathered outside Eurofoods in West Ashley, which specializes in Eastern European cuisine. Another rally of support is planned for Tuesday afternoon at 6.30 p.m. downtown at City Hall, according to Eurofoods' Instagram page. Monero will once again be turning out tacos, wings, and massive burritos when its Johns Island location opens this spring. Neighborhood Dining Group announced Monero's late spring opening last week in the space formerly occupied by Fat Hen on Maybank Highway. Chef Shamil Velasquez, who heads the kitchen at Delaney Oyster House, will serve as the restaurant's executive chef. Known for his artful seafood dishes at Delaney, Monero will also get some fresh seafood options. But don't worry, the tacos, the Monero burrito, the wings, and margaritas, of course, will remain. Monero opened on East Bay Street downtown as Chef Sean Brock's love letter to traditional Mexican tacos, making corn tortillas in-house and leaning into tequila and mezcal in its original small space that would eventually become McCready's when Monero moved upstairs. Monero grew from what it originally was when it moved upstairs. Brock left Neighborhood Dining Group, and the restaurant got a little more of a bar vibe, with big screen TVs and a large wraparound bar upstairs. A press release Friday said the new Monero would be an expansion of that former downtown spot and would include a big indoor-outdoor bar and year-round outdoor seating. Neighborhood Dining Group's closures of Monero, McCready's, and McCready's Tavern on East Bay Street were some of the most striking restaurant closures of the past few years in Charleston. But the group's husk restaurants remain, and the opening of Delaney Oyster House downtown showed the group on capable footing as they launched a smaller concept. With Monero, Neighborhood Dining Group hopes to return to form. That's all I've got for you today, folks. If you have feedback for this show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowchs.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that would be a big help too. And as always, you can check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. If you haven't already, be sure to follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.